Welcome to Thriving Through Menopause. I'm your host, Clarissa Christensen, an international menopause expert, author, and speaker. I help women go from feeling uncertain, uncomfortable, and struggling to experiencing a new sense of confidence, freedom, and vitality. My own story mirrors that of thousands of women that I have connected with through writing my book, speaking engagements, and coaching. Like you, I felt unprepared, unsupported, and at times dismissed by family, employers, and even doctors. That's why I created this podcast as a place of advocacy, offering facts, resources, and a community where you can become more empowered to take control of your menopause journey. Join us each week as we dive into honest, open, raw conversations on the topics that matter deeply to menopausal midlife women. From our changing bodies to our relationships, to dealing with menopause and aging at work and in society. My mission is to help you to tap into our collective wisdom so you can emerge more powerful, wiser, not just older, thriving and ready to embrace wholeheartedly the next chapter in your life. Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of Thriving Through Menopause. And today, my guest is somebody that I recently met at a menopause and mimosa event, and that is Delena Watkins. She's a nurse practitioner and a wellness and healthcare consultant. Hello. Thank you so much, Clarissa. I really appreciate it. Yes, we met at Menopause and Mimosa, and that was such a very, very deep connection. So yes, thank you for having me. Welcome to the show, Delena. I love for you to share a little bit with my listeners about yourself and the work you do. Sure. So as you said, I am a nurse um, by profession. So naturally, my my passion is to care for individuals. Um, and so that is where a lot of my work comes from and is focused on mainly women's health and wellness. So that's my primary focus. But outside of that, what I like to do for fun um, is I absolutely love riding my bike. I have recently challenged myself to do different hills and trails. So that kind of gets me out of my element. <laughs> uh, I'm a wife and a mom of two grown children. Um, I have a girl and a boy. And so that leaves us as empty nesters. So my husband and I have more time on our hands than we know what to do with. That sounds fantastic. How did you get into women's wellness? That actually happened when I was doing nursing um, bedside. And believe it or not, Clarissa, I would see women from all um, ages, um, as I would say, all phases of life that were seeming to deal with the same repetitive issues. And so that kind of um, propelled me to get more involved in women's wellness. I felt like it was things that we didn't know. And because we didn't know, we allowed ourselves to unfortunately suffer through things that could have been prevented. So I sort of got angry about it. And I felt like at the time I was like, I do not want to go through life knowing that I could have, you know, prevented something or maybe went through it a little bit easier. So that was kind of what propelled me into really kind of peeling back the layers and putting on my cape and getting into women's wellness. 
Oh, I love that when you say putting on my superwoman cape. Yeah. It was like, yeah, it's like I'm to the rescue. I'm going to rescue all of these women from having to go through, you know, unnecessarily. You know, it really truly was just a lack of knowledge and then really not knowing um, what to do and giving ourselves permission to do it, Clarissa. That's so important. And you're quite right, Elena. I think a lot of women feel very lost as they approach menopause. They don't understand very much about it. And so they don't know what to do. And quite often, I think you might agree with me that they do nothing. Right. Absolutely. Or feel as though um, because they were told, oh, this is what you, you're going to go through. Every woman has to go through it. So, you know, just kind of, you know, suck it up and bear it. You know, this is, <laughs> it's part of the process. You know, it's part of us maturing, you know, or whatever, whatever word you, words you want to use or throw at it or verbiage to really describe, you know, kind of the change of life was what I heard in our household. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was the change of life. So, you know, you're expected to go through these specific things. So, yeah. Oh, yes. And that we're meant to have a difficult time. Is menopause one of the key areas that you focus on? You know, it's okay. So that's funny. No, my initial focus in women's health and wellness was dealing with prevention of chronic diseases, meaning diabetes, you know, things of that nature, focusing on the various cancers, hypertension, stroke. As a nurse, those were my top issues initially. So menopause came about a little later when I found myself, you know, kind of experiencing it. And then looking around and realizing once again that other women were having some issues as well and really didn't know where to turn. So, of course, my, you know, changes in women's wellness really came out of pain points and then passion. So I my pain point became menopause when I was in the midst of it. <laughs> so I was like, well, wait a minute, I've got to really figure this out. And so that's technically what I did. So I would say probably the last two to three years, I really kind of started to take a shift into focusing a little on menopause. And are you finding that a lot of women don't know very much about menopause, what to expect? They might know something about it intellectually, but sort of emotionally and physically, they're not prepared. Absolutely not. You know, Clarissa, it's like, um, and I'm sure you find this as well when you're coaching, you know, women and helping them to thrive through the light bulb. I mean, several light bulbs go off when you, yeah, yeah. They're like, oh, this is why this is happening. Oh, this is why I feel this way. Oh, this is, you know, it's amazing to watch the light bulbs really go off when we shine a bright light on what they're experiencing. You know, because again, I think it's just sort of that word of mouth that you may have gotten from your mom or your grandmom or your coworkers or your sisters or your girlfriends about the change of life or what to expect in menopause. And so when they clinically find out or when they really sit down and figure it out, it's as if they feel like, oh, I don't have to suffer through that. Oh, I don't have to go through that, you know, or this is what I can do to make this a little bit easier on myself. So yes, to answer your question, I do find that they really just don't have a clue about a lot of what they're going through. Oh, yes, I hear that too. And quite often, I find that women will go searching for information. And there's lots of it. And they go to Facebook and Instagram. 
But a lot of what's there is negative or dramatic. And it can get people's minds kind of spinning and thinking, oh, I've got this symptom. I've got that symptom. Is that normal? Is that common? Lots of questions seem to whirl up. Yeah. And then what happens is when you do things like that and you get kind of inundated with the negativity first or you get inundated with the misnomers of information, then you tend to either shut down or just say, I'm not going to act at all. It's sort of that stagnation of not knowing what to do or how to act or how to respond because you're taking in too much and you're not able to really individualize it for what does it mean for me? What what can I do? What am I really experiencing, you know, as it relates to some of the information that I'm getting out there? Not to say that the information in some of the groups aren't great, but it is great information, but it's how you take in that information. And then what do you do to actually apply it to your specific situation? Now, I totally agree with you. Some moderators in the groups are really good. But what I'm sometimes concerned about, which is comes from a good place, is that women start to tell other women what they do, should do, that women start to tell other women what they should do. One of the biggest areas that I find that there's a lot of, I guess the jury's still out or a lot of skepticism around it or confusion is the hormone replacement therapy. I've been in a lot of discussions where it almost, Clarissa actually gets heated. I mean, sometimes <laughs> between the women, they're like, you know, there's some women that it really worked excellent for and they really swear by it. And they're just like, you know, you, you really have to do it. And then there's other women that are like, I had a horrible experience and made this happen and made that, that happen. You know, it's not safe. You know, you just kind of hear it's really like that battleground where it goes back and forth um, as it relates to um, HRT or hormone replacement therapy. So that's one of the hot topics that I do find in some of the groups where there's just a lot of information really floating around. And I find that some women are just stuck. They don't know, like they really want to try it or maybe see it as a solution, but, you know, kind of don't know where to turn. Delayda, as a nurse and a wellness consultant, what is your recommendation around HRT? For me, it's always, and I say this to every client that I have, regardless of if it's for the health and wellness side of it or strictly for as a menopause client, it is to sit down first before you make any decision. My recommendation relates to we all are going to go through this very differently. My story is going to be different from yours. Clarissa is going to be different for any of the, you know, the multitude of women listening. So it's always, I always say, do a check-in with yourself. Be very clear on what you're experiencing. So that takes a lot of intuitive homework, even on your part, to really sit down and be in tune with your body to really find out what you're experiencing or are the symptoms related to something else outside of menopause. So it's almost like the doctor really trying to do the homework to um, diagnose a patient before they do the treatment. There are several things that could point to what they're experiencing, but what really is it? So that's where their homework comes in. And so I kind of employ them before I recommend, you know, doing a diet change, you know, kind of avoiding this, um, you know, looking at possibility of HRT, what are some natural homopathic things that you can do? Before I do any of that, I always say, let's sit down and really figure out what truly are you experiencing? Not what Facebook group or in Instagram group or your cousin Jane or your sister Mary, you know, not what they experienced and what worked for them, 
but what's going to really work for you, you know, because I can recommend something for you and it may not work well with where you are, right? You may not be able to stick to the regimen. You may find it, you know, too difficult, you know, or impulsive. So I always say, make sure that we do the homework first and then you make specific recommendations based on what you find when you do the homework. Yeah, exactly. And I think that brings up a very important point that women are often not very aware of what is going on in their own bodies. Absolutely. Yeah. And you spoke about that in the when we did the menopause and mimosa, you really talked about how there's just a lot of work that goes into understanding what you're experiencing with menopause. And I kind of also shared that menopause affects every system, every system, not just your reproductive system. Menopause affects every system in your body, you know, so that's, that's a huge, that's a huge undertaking. And so we really have to give it its due diligence and do the homework as it relates to what we're experiencing, you know, so that we don't just say, you know, oh, I'm experiencing that because of menopause. You know, everything we throw at menopause, <laughs> everything, oh, it's the menopause. Oh, it's the menopause, you know, <laughs> and likely it could very well be. But, you know, is there something else going on as well? Exactly. And I wonder whether you also experience, as I do, that a lot of women are very stressed without the menopause coming along. So that's playing into the way they eat, that they're not getting enough time or prioritizing enough time for exercise. And a lot of them have a lot of sleep problems even before menopause kicks in. Right. Exactly. You just said it, Clarissa. That is a mouthful. I mean, let's just look at sleep overall, right? <laughs> I mean, so your sleep's already impacted. And then on top of that, you have menopause. So even if you get sleep, it's usually not good quality sleep because you're having the night sweats or you are, you know, just it's interrupt, um, interrupted sleep. You're not really getting to that deep, good quality sleep. And then on top of that, you're dealing with, you know, um, the stress, which impacts, you know, again, your appetite, your ability to want to go and exercise. So all of that, it is what I call the big cycle. You know, it's us getting into what's called the ozone. Um, and I kind of term that as you're overworked, over, you know, I exhaustion, just, you know, everything is just kind of overrated. You're over it, <laughs> basically. Yeah, because you're over everything. It's really just, you know, um, too much, you kind of get yourself overcommitted. So you stay in sort of this hamster wheel effect. And then you, you know, for women, it's very frustrating. You know, we are generally nurturers by nature and we typically feel as though we can handle um, most things kind of thrown at us. Menopause is just one of those things that will really test our strength and our ability to deal with something that we have little to no control over. That a really key word there, Delena, strong. And that strength draws from both an external and internal factor. So the internal strength is what we, again, prepare ourselves for, knowing that this is something that you're going to, you know, go through. It's not like you can take a magic pill or check a box and opt out of it, you know, <laughs> to say, nope, skip over me, not going through the menopause, right? Yeah, so it's something that we have to kind of have that inner strength to know that that's what we're going to experience. And then the outward strength that we have to deal with is also knowing that you really have control over some things, 
because as women, there's just sort of that innate, um, you know, responsibility to feel like we have a control of the outcome. And so, you know, understanding that there are going to be some things that you really just don't have control over. Like with the menopause, I have no control over when mine was going to start, begin and stop. Right. We have no control over that. So as women really just relinquishing, you know, that control to kind of then regain your power and your strength over. That is such an important point you just said there. I really think that we are as women used to being in control. We drive everything in our homes. And then suddenly you're no longer able to control this change. Yeah, we don't even know what symptoms we're going to get. And because we're not very connected to our bodies or what's going to happen, that loss of control can be really hard. Right. You don't know what you're going to have each day. You know, I even, you know, when I started going through it, I told my husband, I said, feel free to to call me whatever you want, a nickname. Give me a nickname right now because I'm not Delena. You can call me Diane because I know when menopause takes over, I am someone completely different at different points. And so we joke about it, you know, um, when I'm having like, you know, what I call one of my menopausal days, I'll say Diane's here. You know, it's like, I'm giving you fair warning that she is not, <laughs> it's not Delena, you know, so what you're experiencing, you see me, but this is truly not, you know, a lot of it I'm not really in control over. And that usually relates to the psychosocial piece of it that we go through with the feelings, the mood swings and, you know, things of that nature. Um, and it's almost, you know, when you're in tune, and I'll just share this, Clarissa, when you are in tune, you see it and you know it. So I'm able to say Diane is taking over, right? Because I'm aware of it. But those ladies who are out here and they're just kind of going through it and they're not in, they have no clue. They have no clue. <laughs> now, everybody around them knows, but they're the last ones to know. <laughs> Right. And then you're like, what? What do you mean? Like, I have no clue. And so I, in the beginning, when I started to, you know, really kind of hone in, I would ask them to point out what they saw as differences. Because remember, I'm just doing it. You know, I'm kind of going with the flow. So I don't, I'm not aware. So I would ask my children and my friends and my husband, tell me what you see as different so that I will know that it's different. You know, like, you know, am I kind of going from zero to a hundred quickly? Am I, you know, sort of, you know, being very short with you? Am I, tell me so that I'm aware, because remember, it is just an innate response. And so I'm not aware that I'm doing it, going through this initially before I begin to just really become aware. So I think it's important that when you know that this is what you're experiencing, this is where the tribe comes in, right? This is where you, when you ask those that are around you, you know, share those things that you see that are different um, outside of the physiological changes that we're experiencing. We know when we're hot. We know when we're, you know, hungry. We know when we're gaining weight. Like we know all of those things, but it's the other psychological pieces of what we may, you know, be exhibiting that we don't necessarily know all the time. And we, I think also too, Clarissa, we have a difficult time articulating it. I think in the beginning, I really didn't even know what to, how to express it or put it into words. And I think when we look back over history, um, again, I know for me and my family and our culture, it was just so easy to just say, it's the change of life and kind of like shoo it away. And so it didn't give them the power or the ability to put it into words. It was just, 
oh, she's going through the change or it's the change of life or it's expected. So there was no real precedence on putting it into words or identifying or expressing really what you were going through. Everything just got kind of carted off as, oh, it's the change. Oh, it's the change. You know, you kind of just heard that repetitively. And so there was no need to express anything in further, right? It's, oh, it's the change. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I read an article. <laughs> there was actually a blog that talked about how to deal with menopause at work or communicate about your menopause at work. So that really is a thing. Like, and if we think about it, it truly is because like you said, we have now more women that work outside of the home. And so of course, when you're own in your private setting and when you're doing, you know, personally, you can do what you want. You can kind of deal with it. You can dress as lightly as you want, you know, or you can walk around with nothing on if you want because you're in your own home. But obviously, if you're at work and you're going through, you know, some menopause symptoms and the boss has the temperature in the in the room set on 77 and you're feeling like you're in an oven, how do you convey that you need to be in a space or that you need to maybe take breaks to walk outside of the room to cool yourself off, that you may need to come in with like a short sleeve tunic on, even though it's 30 degrees outside? Um, you know, to take your jacket on and off. Like there's various things or the fact that you may not be able to sit through an entire one hour meeting without, you know, maybe drinking water, taking breaks, focusing, that kind of thing. Like there was just a lot of really great information um, in that blog that I just never really thought about, you know, is again, is making the work environment comfortable for women that are going through that. Oh, yes. And that really reminds me. There was a lady who connected with me and she had only male colleagues in her office and they would turn the heating right up to the top of the dial and she'd be sitting there sleeveless in the middle of winter. What's going on with you? What's wrong with you? And then there were other women in her office who were a similar age and they said nothing. And that was really hard. And she said they must have been going through similar experiences, but nobody spoke up. But they said nothing. And why is that? It's because it's seen as sort of like a weakness or a women related issue. And again, especially if you're in an environment that may be, you know, male dominated or, um, you know, just kind of the population may be, you know, more males in the workplace than females. And so therefore, oftentimes our voices aren't heard around specific issues that don't impact both um, genders. And so because it's a gender specific issue, sometimes there are some, you know, um, connotations, negative connotations that may come with, well, if I speak up, am I seen to be weaker or less than because this is an issue that's only specific to women or to me. So it does put us in sort of a you know, kind of precarious position to be able to do that. And so the only thing that we do have the ability to do is come to work dressed, you know, in lighter clothing, um, bring your little portable fan, you know, so there's other little things that we can do, you know, constantly drinking water. So there's a, things that we can do ourselves to maybe not stand out like a, you know, a sore, th- a sore thumb or like, you know, the elephant in the room <laughs> as they're walking around with their suits and their ties on. And we're walking around like uh, with, <laughs> you know, sleeveless, like you yeah, like a tunic sleeveless dress on. Um, and like you said, looking at the stark con- contrast of, wait a minute, am I cold or am I hot? So, you know, 
trying to describe that is, is yeah, it can be difficult. But when women come to work with you, how does the consultation usually start? Absolutely. So the consult will start kind of like I was describing earlier. It's, I always start out with, and this comes from my nursing background. So what brought you here today? <laughs> so it it really just opens the floodgates. It really just allows them to share where they are. And oftentimes that's kind of all I need to say. That one sentence, one question is so powerful, right? You know, it gives them permission to just kind of open up and just really share, um, you know, what it is that brought them. Because typically when you seek help or when you seek assistance or coaching, it has really gotten to the point where you feel as though what you're doing isn't working. You're now seeking, you know, you want help to maybe enhance upon what you're doing or change what you're doing. So I, a consult with me will typically start off with me just asking what brought you, you know, what brought you here today? Like, you know, sort of giving you the power to guide where we're going to go with that. And then from there, we jump right into really just doing the deep dive um, into the consultation um, because, you know, you will have identified with me what you really want to focus on and work work on. And then from there, we begin to develop a plan. We begin to develop a plan based on what you shared um, is of, a, of importance to you. Because I feel like when we identify what's important to us and when we individualize that, Clarissa, to say, okay, I know that I can commit to this. I can do this. It helps them to be much more successful than for me to say, you need to do this, 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 and this, 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 and this. And then they look at me like, I can't do that. Uh, no, that sounds good, but I can't do that. So when we really individualize it and don't give them a cookie cutter approach, I find that the results are astounding. Yeah, that's very true. We are all individuals and we can't have a one size fits all. We need tailored solutions. Absolutely. And what resources they have, um, like I'm just, I can't assume that you have available to you specific resources, right? And so I have to, during that deep dive, really find out what resources you have available to you. And then we have to work with that. What barriers might you experience, right? Like, you know, some of the clients that I work with have barriers where it may be related to their work schedule or barriers maybe that they have young children at home. And so I may be asking them to do something that may interfere with their, you know, mom role. Um, some may be older and don't have, you know, children at home and empty nesters. And they're like, sure, I can do X, Y, and Z and they can do everything, right? <laughs> so it's just really taking into account your client and not giving them, you know, kind of that cookie cutter approach. And I know that nutritional wellness is very close to your heart. So I'd love to get your thoughts on that. Absolutely. Yeah. So again, another um, thing with that is just making sure because Again, when we're going through the menopause, because it's both psychological and physiological symptoms that we're experiencing, what we put on that fork, you know, what we eat, what we put in our mouths really does play a significant role in um, how we experience uh, menopause. And so really trying to hone in on their dietary um, intake, what are they eating, you know, and giving them guidance on what to eat more of what to eat less of, what to avoid. I try not to use sort of a restrictive approach. You know, I sort of just give them the guidance and education because I feel like when you um, educate them on the impact of certain things, then it's more like, oh, I didn't know. And so they choose to avoid that because now they're aware. 
But if I, from the beginning say, now don't eat this and don't eat that, you know, it's, it becomes too restrictive. And you already said when you're dealing with stress, we all have our stress things that we want to, you know, kind of eat. So I kind of come at it with that approach where I give them sort of the, the, um, the, the power to say, I need to eat more of this and less of this. And so, yeah, when you look at nutrition, there are cer- certain foods, definitely sugar. You know, Clarissa, I shared this at the, <laughs> when we met that sugar is everywhere and it is truly the foundation of um, why we experience a lot of, um, you know, the, not only the menopausal symptoms, but a lot of the complications that we, um, in, you know, that we endure. Oh, yes. Sugar really is deadly. And I love that you shared about how hidden sugar is in common foods where we don't expect it to be, like sauces and bread. And um, the other thing that I um, just always like to leave listeners and viewers with is the fact that um, manufacturers have just become so keen um, and very astute on saying no sugar added or low sugar. And they do this because they know that we do what I call front label shopping. And so when they make that those claims and those statements, they're really talking about what we know to be common sugar as um, it being low in or not having any um, contained in the product. But truly when you dig deeper and we when you become a label reader, when you take that particular um product and you just twist it around, just read the back of it and you really dig deeper into what is in the product. There really are a lot of artificial sweeteners and uh, substitutes that are contained in those products. So they can legally make the claim that there's either no sugar or low sugar, but trust me, in order for it to taste good and in order for you to want it, there are some artificial sweeteners that are just as toxic, if not more toxic uh, than table sugar. Yeah, and it's very hard to break out of that, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. They, they, you know, again, manufacturers really bank on what's called the bliss point, remember? So when you eat food, you eat it so that you feel good and it tastes good, right? And so that's called the bliss point. And they put just the right amount of sugar, salt, and fat into that product so that you will not want to eat one, not two, but the whole entire serving or the whole bag or, you know, whatever it is that you're consuming, you don't want to just go, mm, that's nasty. You know, that's not great. That wouldn't do their sales well, right? And you And you won't come back and be a regular um, consumer of the product. So yes, they do make sure, uh, Clarissa, that the product tastes good and that it does have the right amount of ingredients to, um, to really get in on your bliss point. They are very aware that it's very difficult for us to make a switch or avoid those foods. So I tried the approach and most of my clients are very successful with doing what I call a healthy swap. Like we really do a deep dive into the foods that you consume the most that are, you know, very high in sugar. And we try to find a healthier alternative or a healthier version of what it is that you enjoy because we don't want to take away what you enjoy, right? I think that again, it's bad enough that you're going through what you, you know, when you're going through the whole menopause and then you mean to tell me I can't eat sugar and I can't have that and I can't have that, you know? So it's really just trying to find, okay, you can have chocolate, but let's try and get darker chocolate. You know, let's try to get one that has more of a, you know, close to 80, 90% cocoa in it versus milk chocolate, which is nothing but, you know, a bunch of processed, you know, toxic. So it's just 
really educating them around that and you know trying to give them alternatives. It's very important we don't feel when we're dealing with people that we're forcing them to eat things they don't like or that they find hard to cook or make. Yeah, there's nothing that will make them run faster in the other direction. <laughs> the other direction. <laughs> the things that you can control is what we focus on. Remember, you know, we talked about early on, Carissa, you and I focusing on the things that we can control. Uh, we can't control menopause, but we can control how we experience menopause. And so controlling what you eat is definitely one of those things. You know, being able to um, identify those foods that can be adding to the weight gain that comes with the menopause transition. Yes. I mean, you've brought up a really important point there about managing weight gain because that happens so easily in the menopause, but it's not something that's good for us in menopause or for our long-term health. Yeah, and it can definitely add to our hot flashes. Definitely. And it's like, oh my goodness, some of the things that you enjoy, like when you're going through the hot flashes, like for me right now, it's what I call pumpkin spice season as we experience fall. And I'm just trying to figure out a way to enjoy my pumpkin spice. You know, I usually like to have, you know, some type of tea, you know, and just kind of sprinkle it with them. Oh my goodness, but I don't want tea. It's hot and I'm hot. Spice, I'm like, oh, I can't win. So it's really just trying to bear, you know, be very creative. So I, I found this recipe last week and um, I've only made it once, but it was a pumpkin spice smoothie. Delicious. So I will be making that and it was nice and cool and refreshing. So again, you know, it's finding the alternatives. I enjoy pumpkin spice. It's pumpkin spice season for me. And I don't want to deprive myself because then I'll be stressed out because I'm like, oh, I can't have this. And I, you know, this is a tradition. I enjoy these things. But instead, I just sort of decided, okay, what else can I enjoy, you know, and really indulge in that will really bring me joy. Um, And that was the pumpkin spice smoothie. (laughs) Wow. Would you like to share a recipe? I'd love to hear that if you could pop one in the comments. I will. I found it on Pinterest, I believe, and I printed it out and put it downstairs. So I can't remember all the, I'll send it to you, Clarissa, and you can add it into the thing. And I'd love to ask you what your three top tips are for women going through menopause that they can start doing today to feel better. Absolutely. And I think, um, you know, we even just during us with the interaction really talked about them. Um, and the first is understand, be okay. So the first tip is to be okay with menopause. Do not look at it because I think, again, how we go into it is how we will go through it, right? So if we go into it knowing that this is a natural process that you will go through, then you will be more receptive of it. So first of all, be okay with menopause. So be okay. That's tip number one. Tip number two is um, identify how you are experiencing menopause not what is being told to you about what you should experience. What exactly are you experiencing? Some women do and don't experience, you know, the hot flashes, the brain fog, you know, the feeling fluffy, you know, all of that. So it's going to be specific to you. So that's number two is to really be um, specific in how you're experiencing menopause. And then my third tip is going to be to ride it out the ride. Like Clarissa says, thrive. And how do you do that? It's by doing one and two. And then when you do number one and two, number three will become automatic because you'll know that you're going through it. You'll be okay with it. You'll know number two exactly how you're going through it. 
And then number three, you're going to thrive through it because you're going to do the things that are specific to you so that you can thrive through menopause. This does not mean that you put a pin in your life and your life stops. This just means that you decide how I'm going to experience menopause. So those are my top three tips. I think a lot of women get stuck in um, the negative connotation that's associated with menopause. And then we kind of get on sort of this hamster wheel effect um, at some phases of it. And so those are my top three tips and my ways that I would suggest uh, that we go through and thrive through um, the menopause transition. I love that, Delena. Yeah. Step one, step two, and then thriving. It does. Yes, it just thrives. But where we go wrong is just we, from the beginning, we, we fight it. Like menopause, no! You know, we just automatically, we automatically just kind of throw up the, you know, the curtain like, no, I don't want to go through or pull over the covers, you know, over our head. No, I don't want to do it. Um, but I think if we, you know, kind of are, we open our heart and our minds to what it is that we're about to experience, those are the women that can thrive right on through, you know, and you can kind of just now don't think that they're not still experiencing what you're experiencing because we are are all, you know, again, going through menopause. But it's how we choose to experience menopause. That's the difference. Absolutely. It is a choice, Delena. How can people get in contact with you and find out more about the work you do? Absolutely. So I would love for your listeners to um, definitely follow me on social media at Delena Watkins. I also have a community called the She Is Well Tribe. She Is Well. And in that tribe, we talk about everything, not just menopause. I share recipes, you know, um, uh, monthly specific challenges, monthly specific information. It really is just a tribe and a community of women who want to be well. So it's the She Is Well Tribe. And then my website is DelanaWatkins.com. And all of that information also is contained there. And then I do a um, weekly show on the Women's Wellness Lounge as well. So again, if you follow me on social media, you'll see all the good stuff. That's fantastic, Delena. I'd like to thank you so much for coming on Thriving Through Menopause and sharing your knowledge and wisdom and laughter. Thank you. You're welcome. It was enjoyable. Thank you, Clarissa, for having me on your platform. I appreciate you. And I look forward to talking with you soon. Thank you for listening. If you have loved or liked this episode, then I would be deeply grateful if you would head over to iTunes and give it a five-star rating. My mission is to reach as many women as possible, menopausal midlife women who may be feeling alone and asking questions. Why do I feel this way? Thriving Through Menopause is all about a community and our collective wisdom. You matter to me. Your feedback, opinions and stories matter to me and I would love to hear from you so drop me an email clarissa at clarissachristensen.com I genuinely want your feedback and your ideas on the topics that you would like to hear more of on this podcast and if you are a woman who feels that they are struggling alone through menopause and you need more support pop over to my website clarissachristensen.com you can find free resources 
and you can book a one-to-one discovery call with me. Let's start conversation. Thank you once again for listening. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.